once again to another episode of the Practical Marketing Podcast with myself, Niall McCrano. After a short hiatus, we are back with another episode and this week we'll be focusing on organic digital marketing, how to drive people to your website to engage with your brand without necessarily spending money. As ever, this podcast is brought to you by McCrano Marketing. Visit nmcrano.com today. Have a look at our services. Um, throw a do- donation to the podcast and you can receive your first consultation free of charge. Uh, any listeners to this podcast who sign up for our pay-per-click service will receive a 150 euro voucher to offset against the cost of your campaign. Now, uh, I suppose um, the thing with digital marketing is organic digital marketing is it, it's how do we drive people to our website to engage with our brand organically. In other words, it doesn't cost money. We don't have to pay for pay per click. We don't have to pay for any exorbitant um, lead generation systems. So in in recent years, it's become a lot easier for brands to engage with potential customers and existing customers, be that through social media marketing or email marketing, even blog content and content creation. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about all of these. Now, I suppose the first one and the biggest one um, in recent years is social media uh, marketing. Now, choosing the right platform is essential. Uh, social media marketing is both time-consuming and challenging to make sure you're engaging in the best possible way. Uh, so what you need to do is you need to look at who your customers are. So before you do any of this, you need to do a little bit of research. Now, the the the, the theories I spoke through in the first two episodes or the second two episodes will go some way to helping with this and, and to help you to kind of define who your target audience is by knowing who you are. So be that through market segmentation, brand position and Porter's five forces. Um, the SWOT analysis is also very good because that will give you kind of an in-depth look at, look at yourself because so you're doing you're doing kind of um, a recce of your own your own offerings. So in terms of social media marketing, you need to know, okay, who my target audience are. So if I'm targeting younger females or older males, what are they on? What platforms do they use? Where where do they engage? And I need to be on those touch points. So you're talking Snapchat and Instagram if you're looking for females and things like that. I found a very interesting statistic online regarding what might be an underutilized social media platform in terms of um engagement uh pinterest pinterest has 70 million users worldwide and approximately 80 percent of these are women and stats show that about 70 percent of pinterest users go on the site for inspiration on what to buy so if your brand is very visual if you're into fashion photography if you're into anything like this you need to be on this website so then that is just an example of where where people aren't necessarily using the right platform. Facebook is all well and good for kind of broad spectrum engagement. Everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's on it and engaging with it. But are, are your prospective customers going to engage with you better on Facebook as opposed to something like Pinterest or Twitter or, or, or something like that? So you need to be you need to be on the right 
platform. Now, you need to be on all the platforms, but what I'm saying is your focus needs to be on the right platform. Like, Twitter's great as well, but Twitter, I kind of find, is more for personalities whereby you're following, you know, people you want to listen to and hear from rather than um, actual actual companies. Instagram's very visual as well, obviously, the likes of Snapchat. Um, if you're into blogging, if you're into, like myself, the podcast or video blogging or, or, or something like that, uh, Snapchat's meant to be very good for this and so is, is um, Instagram. Now, things that are less visual or more engaging, obviously your Facebook. Facebook is always number one, so I kind of think 60 to 70% of engagement should be going there, and then the rest should be highly kind of specific and targeted, specialized. So you also need to know when to engage with your, with your, um, with your prospective customers. So if you're posting every day, 10 times a day, depending on, on the type of website you have or, the, or, or, or your product offering, you're going to get lost. Um, and Facebook's algorithm works in a way, um, like a mistake people make is, is to buy likes or to go on and they go, oh, 10 euro will get me 5,000 likes or something like that on one of these websites. Don't do that because what happens is the Facebook algorithm, when you post uh, a tweet, oh, not a tweet, not Facebook. When you post an update on Facebook, what happens is it will show 5% of your audience that, that message. And if of that 5%, another percentage, um, like, comment, share, they, once they interact with it, it's more likely then the Facebook will repost that to, to, to your full audience. But if you have bought likes, these are spam bots, whereby no one is looking at them. So then Facebook won't repost your, won't push your, your message to, to the wider audience. So you're literally wasting your time. You're actually doing yourself a disservice by doing that. If you have 100 likes on Facebook, but there are 100 engaged likes who, who are people who are your customers and are, are invested in your brand, that is better than 10,000 likes that are, are a waste of time. So that's just the first thing off the bat. So when you, when you post on Facebook, you need to be consistent to whatever intervals you choose. So if you add the likes of joe.ie, bench warmers or I know they're very male focused because <laughs> that's what appears on mine or if you're the NFL or something like that um, they post regularly like every day 10 times a day 15 times a day because that is their business model what those websites do is they drive traffic to their websites through content creation and then whilst on the website they sell space for advertising and then that is their business uh, strategy but if that is not your strategy you don't want to be posting every day or 10 times a day <laughs> definitely not so you want to kind of scale it back and think right targeted how often should i post that that i get the right engagement with, with my audience so you look at your audience post what's relevant post news post stuff about the about the company if you have any personal stuff, sometimes it's nice to do that just as a little extra engagement with the actual um, the actual brand. It's it's nice for people to see who's behind the Facebook. So you know, if a member of your team runs the marathon, things like that are relevant because it's it's a nice story. But try and avoid posting political stuff, beliefs. Try and avoid posting because there's no place. 
they've no place on your social media because you're doing your own company and branded to service. Well, that's my opinion. Like, say you run you run a venue, but you're posting stuff about politics. Not everybody's going to agree with your politics. So those people are going to maybe unfollow or, or it'll give them a sour taste. Like, if you post something that, that's, that's nice, that's engaging, that the people want to read, that's fine. But don't be controversial. That's the one thing. Now, so what I would suggest anybody do on Twitter or Facebook is the lead thing that they have pinned to the top of the website is a video because it's well and good posting text and images and video is a very engaging medium and if you've it pinned to the top of your your page it's the first thing people see and they'll click on it and you'll be able to actually you can count how many people um view a video but what it'll do is if you do a video of of your product offering of you know of what you do it's 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 a fantastic way of getting people to actually look at your brand a bit more because when people are flicking down the page and they see pictures everybody's posting pictures they keep going post a video make a video even if it's yourself sitting in a room talking to talking to the screen just post it and be honest be open be inviting be warm be clear be articulate which is kind of rich coming from me with my accent but <laughs> but however so and then with that video you use that video to boost your page so a lot of people boost pages with posts images you know visit us click this do that use the video because people share it more people engage with it more and you'll be more likely to get uh, traffic on your page now Second to that, so that's your one of your booster posts. There's two booster posts that I suggest. So one is a general promote my page boost, which is do it video. And then the second one is look, do do a minimum two or three posts a week, maybe five maximum, depending on, on, on your industry again. If you're B2B, two to three is perfect. If you're B to C, five or six, you know, it, it varies. It does vary depending on, on your target audience. Hence, doing the research, as I say, makes things a lot clearer. So if you if you do the second one based on, you know, the best post this week or, or a news story, so promote that. So throw 20 euro behind that a week. Now, I know I'm talking about organic marketing, but... The, the reality of it is even in social media if you want to drive engagement you have to throw a few pounds into it so the big thing is the video on the top of the page you start to promote your page um and then your weekly your weekly boosts as well so that's kind of you know that's kind of the way i would do social media like social media generates a huge amount of data about your customers in real time uh, every day there's over 500 million tweets 4.5 billion likes on Facebook and 95 million photos and videos uploaded to Instagram. Behind these staggering numbers is a wealth of information about your customers, who they are, what they like and how they feel about your brand. When you have a presence on social media, you make it easier for your customers to find and connect with you. And by connecting with you, 
your customers on social media would be more likely to increase customer retention and brand loyalty. A study by the Social Habit shows that 53% of people who follow brands on social media are more loyal to those brands. So just some things to bear in mind when you're actually, you know, looking at, at, at social media, you know, like, like there's, there's a crazy amount, there's a crazy amount of statistics out there um, regarding social media, like one 45% of internet users over 65 years of age use Facebook. So, forty-five <laughs> percent of internet users over sixty-five use Facebook. Like, if you went to if you went to a company and said, "Look, I'm targeting the silver dollar. How do I get it?" Like, you might necessarily think that they're all on Facebook, but there you go. Nearly half of them are. So, you know, if you're if you're strategic about things, you know. It's 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 just there's a wealth of opportunity out there. Once you put the research in, and once you know where you can engage with your customers and where your customers will engage with you, another way of kind of driving, driving I suppose and and, and retaining um, leads and sales and things like that is through email marketing. Now there is no other more cost effective marketing tool than email marketing. Whether you want to grow your customer base or re-engage with current customers, email marketing allows you to directly engage with a targeted audience. So people people might think, you know, with the overwhelming breakthrough of social media, search engine optimization, and mobile marketing, that email marketing is on the verge of death. That's wrong. Email marketing is alive and well, and it's arguably the most profitable means of marketing. And I'll just give you a few reasons as to why. Email marketing presents more opportunities for you, your business, and drives a better return on investment. With email marketing, your business can create deeper relationships with a wider audience at a fraction of the cost of traditional media. Email marketing is a must. It is an absolute must. In today's ever-changing digital world, email marketing tends to be a backseat. It tends to have taken a backseat. However, if you haven't considered email marketing for your business already, now is the time. Email marketing is targeted, it's shareable, it's credible, it's measurable, it's cost-effective, and it is overlooked by many. Email marketing would, generally speaking, outperform other forms of digital marketing, whereby once you have a, a good list, a good targeted base that, that, that you want to send your message out. You would then upload it to a, a website like MailChimp or Constant Contact or again you can contact us and we would look after all your email marketing for you. But these websites are there that um, provide email templates and things like that where you know they will distribute the mail on your behalf for you and your company so once you have the mailing list you would upload it through an excel format using a csv file so save your your mailing list to .csv and then you'd be able to upload it 
it'll also prune it so if you get any bounce backs or or if an email address doesn't work or doesn't exist but then the key thing that this does say better than mail merge or or something like that is is it's measurable so when you go in and you add your images into into your your email template you'll be able to put a code on it you know one two three four and then and then it'll say so you sent ten thousand emails one thousand of them were opened 500 were clicked on this specific image so then you know that that's a good image and then to reuse it because you got a lot of engagement through that image and then not only that you'll be able to see where on uh, if they went out to your website either through these systems or through using analytics you can test the bounce rate off your website see the engagement see how many pages they interact with where they go what they do so where where social media it's very much you're throwing content out into the world and you're you're hoping to get engagement with email marketing it's just it's just more measurable and it's it's more targeted and and just the return on investment is a lot better as opposed to um as opposed to social media so it, it is it is a big one that that people may be underutilized only send one one email a week two maximum um as I say, have a good call to action. By call to action, I mean click here to learn more, get your offer now, you know, so you're calling them to do an action to, 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 to engage with your brand. Have an offer on it, 5% off. Uh, if you register today, 15% off with this code, um, you know, this, you know, so, so something like that. Um, and, and do the same thing to actually get the email addresses on your website. So say, register for our newsletter, always call it a newsletter register for our newsletter and receive five percent off your first order ten percent off your first order whatever whatever works within within your your margins so so you're kind of getting people um to offer up the information to you another great uh organic tool is a blog post blog post news feed whatever you want to call it Blog post is, is is a better name if, if, if you want to maximize SEO. Now, so what you do with the blog post is um, you keep it you keep it relevant. You keep it between three and five hundred words. You have a good image. You have it well edited, well written, well researched. There's a lot of companies out there who will write these blog posts for you and will post them, and it just makes things easier for you then in the long term. So if you if you have a good blog post, a good newsletter, you're you're, you're creating more content within your um, within your your website. Now Google loves this, and it pushes you up the rankings because it increases your your page ranking. So the more you have, the better it is. But when you're writing a blog post, be smart about it because if you go onto Google right now, and and if you Say you have a child with head lice or something. I'm only thinking this because I just scratched my head. If you, <laughs> I don't have lice. If you have a child with head lice or something and you go onto Google and you type in, how do I know my child has head lice? How do I get rid of head lice? How do I treat head lice? The first thing that's going to come up will be blog posts. It won't be, it won't be like, um, like it, it could be a blog post on like boots.com or something like that, but it won't be, it won't be a treatment that'll come up. So say that's why like boots.com and these big companies actually do blogs because what they do is they go on and they note um, 
what products sell better at what time of year. So back to school, things like the headlights, the cold treatment, uh, multivitamins for children, all that sort of thing. So they might write a blog post or they might even republish one from last year. They could republish it every year. So what they'll do is they'll republish a blog post or they'll write it, but they'll have it linked to a specific product. So it's more strategic. But what you're doing as well in creating a blog post is you're also giving yourself a chance to engage with customers across the other digital platforms. So when you create a blog post, you share it on Twitter, Pinterest, you share it on Facebook, you know, Instagram, and then you link it all back to the to the to the post on the website. So you're driving traffic to your website. And on that so on that page, you're gonna have you know your newsletter offer, you know, register now, you get 10% off your first order. You're going to have your key products, your key ranges in your sidebar, then the right-hand side of the um, the actual blog post. You're going to try and maximize people, um, maximize the engagement people have with your brand whilst on your website. And you find that, so say I'm a di- I'm into digital marketing. I'm, I'm we have a marketing agency here. So say people go onto my website and they see ten ways to improve social media tricks it you know and diff, all these different blog posts google sees all that that text and then so if someone types in 10 ways to improve digital media but it it, it matches exactly the title of my blog post like my article might necessarily rank straight away but it builds up and it builds up and it builds up and it builds up and then on google they love to see that and let's be realistic because google is 90 percent of traffic is going to come from google in, in in these terms, um, like no one's going to go to Yahoo or Bing, like they're just they're just not they're just not in on the same level as Google. So you optimize your website for Google, you optimize your you know you optimize your blog posts, have keywords in it, have strategic words in it. Make sure you know if you're a localized if you're a localized uh, company. So say you might be a solicitors in in Gloucester. So someone might type in <laughs> solicitors in Gloucester. So you need to be able to um, have have key phrases. So we are a solicitors in Gloucester. We you know we are an established solicitors in Gloucester. Have these keywords kind of dotted throughout solicitors Gloucester, solicitors Gloucester. Have it everywhere. Repetition builds ranking. So you need to kind of engage with that, and you need to have that on your mind when you're when you're promoting promoting your. Uh, your site now um i know i said i'm only took i'm only going to touch on paid advertising just a little bit just to kind of give you an overview there is pay-per-click which is the main one is google adwords as i said and else you're kind of wasting your time to some degree well in organic more than than in, than in paid but so say google adwords it's a tool that increases um, products that sell and information through the Google search network and the display network. Um, in the UK and the EU, you would use Google Merchant if you sell if you sell products directly off your website, um, and an ad will appear like so. Say some types in fish bowls in you know just fish bowls for sale. Then you'll see along the side you'll see you know fish bowl two ninety nine buy now fish bowl four ninety nine buy now in the picture. So you're putting your listings directly on on um, on Google through the merchant center. In pay per click, what you would do is you would you would 
you would buy certain keywords and you would set a bidding cost and, and, and really it is it's, it's an auction google auctions off these these keywords and then someone types in dentist in dundalk and uh so i would have bought the key i'm a dentist in the dog i would have bought those keywords so every time someone types that in i go through uh, an algorithm that 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 details whether i should be ranked for second third or or, or what way my um my uh, ranking should be uh, on it now it, it's very very complicated and unless you actually know what you're doing i would highly recommend engaging with an agency such as ourselves or another agency if you want but we want the business <laughs> you engage with an agency that knows what they're doing um you engage with an agency that can increase the quality rating of your ad without just increasing the bidding because that will save money in the long term like if if you if you enter into this and you just think oh i'll set it up myself and i'll just run it and see how it goes you, to some degree you're wasting your money you're better off paying a, a, an additional waiting and getting getting someone to manage it for you, someone who has a background, and ideally someone like ourselves who is Google certified. We are a Google certified company. That means that anything that we do regarding the, the Google Ads network, so whether it's uh, search advertising, display advertising, dynamic remarketing or retargeting, we, we are... We are uh, kind of acknowledged by Google that that, that we are we are the best the, the best at it if you know what I mean. So we have the certificates to back up exactly what's there. Now, <clears throat> as I say, like just just be careful. Just be careful if you're doing it yourself. Be careful because it's not it's not as straightforward as it seems. Engage with us, talk to us, visit nmcraner.com slash uh, pay-per-click and um, just just talk to us because we, we know we know what we're doing. Whereas if you engage with even an agency that says it, um, but if they're not Google certified, don't go near them. You're wasting your time because they are not trained by Google directly. We are trained by Google directly and that is the difference. Okay, so just to give you a few more quick tips on um, organic marketing strategy um, if you sell products you can actually sell them now through Facebook directly so you can create a Facebook store so if you create a Facebook store or custom tab um, where you add buy now in the header like you can do regular posting people can actually buy directly through through the Facebook um, landing pages as well as um, to, to, to maximize SEO so if you're driving someone through through uh, blogs or through through pay per click, especially it's an absolute necessity in pay per click that you have a, an optimized landing page. If you look at my website nmcrainer.com, go through any of the services pages; they're all optimized landing pages. Whereby there's a call to action, there is um, a form to capture leads. There's a bit of information. Just go on to nmcrainer.com and have a look and then that'll give you an idea of what um, an optimized landing page is. You need to have a good eye-catchy banner image on most pages um, above the fold. And by the fold means you don't have to scroll down. So with information underneath it. So, so just, and it needs to be updated regularly and it needs to be optimized for the web so it's not too big, so it doesn't take too long to load. So... 
A YouTube channel is important as well. If you're pushing videos um, it's good to videos on your as I said on your social media but it's also good to have them on your website because Google loves videos um, in terms of SEO Google owns YouTube um, so it's good to have those videos embedded on your actual website and even have a channel whereby you're putting up your own content um, to support your brand you can create presentations and host them through or showcase them through SlideShare. SlideShare is a product of LinkedIn. Um, it, it's kind of nice nice slideshows and you have nice uh, images and then you can add all your, your text on top. Again, if you visit my website, nmcraner.com, I, um, I have examples of such on, uh, on the social media page. Um, LinkedIn is actually a very good um, social media tool I didn't mention earlier in terms of B2B. So if you're driving traffic um, and you want to engage with industry experts, it's actually it's a very good tool to use and to utilize, um, even in a B2C context, but, but primarily B2B, whereby people are engaged more with brands and... You know, it's, it's people who work within organizations who are looking at other organizations um, in the industry. Uh, as you know, I kind of like to cover some theories off as well on the podcast, and I mentioned it a few times previously, but I don't think I actually covered it yet. The SWOT analysis. Um, the SWOT analysis is a study undertaken by an organization to identify its internal uh, strengths and weaknesses, as well as its external uh, opportunities and threats. So SWOT, strengths, weakness, opportunity, threat. Um uh, strengths and weaknesses are often internal in your organization, while opportunities and threats generally relate to external factors. For this reason, the SWOT analysis is sometimes referred to as the internal-external analysis, and the SWOT matrix is sometimes called the IE matrix, so internal-external. So I'll just talk through kind of each of them just, just briefly, uh, one by one. Um, this is something. This is an analysis that that nearly every student who went to business kind of covered and, and maybe found it boring and mundane. But it's kind of only in recent years when when I look at real world application, I kind of take it at its its full value and and, and it is a valuable tool because it allows you to kind of oversee the market in its entirety and it gives you kind of an overview of who you are, where you are, and and where your competitors are and. It gives you a chance to to strengthen up any any shortcomings you may have, or to be more dynamic in in, in strengths that you do have. So again, so say strengths. So these are things like you know what advantages does your organization have? What do you do better than anyone else? Uh, what unique or low cost low cost resources can you draw upon that others can't? What do people in your market see as your strengths? What factors mean that you get the sale? Uh, what is your organization's unique selling point, USP, unique selling point? You'll hear that a lot in terms of business. So you need to consider your strengths both from internal perspective and from the point of view of your customers and people in the market. And by doing this, <laughs> you're kind of pushing pushing forward um you're pushing forward the the, 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 the the core competencies that you have, okay? But then as is within many things in life, whether strength, there's weakness. 
Uh, what can you improve? What should you avoid? What uh, what are people in your market likely to see as your weakness? What factors lose you sales? So these are things. Now be very analytical and be very truthful when you run through this in terms of your own website. Even if it's if you have issues with personnel and things like that, you need to be honest with yourself. Otherwise, the 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 whole project is kind of wasted on on yourself. So again, you need to consider this from an internal and external point of view. What do others seem to perceive weaknesses that that, that you don't see? Um, are your competitors doing something better than you? It's best to be realistic now and face up to any unpleasant truths as soon as possible. Uh, opportunities. Uh, what are good opportunities you can spot? What interesting trends are you aware of? Be that online or offline. Uh, useful opportunities can come from such things as changes in technology and the market, uh, both on a broad and narrow scale. Changes in government policy and how they relate to your field. Changes in social pattern, population profiles, lifestyle changes and so on. Local events, is there something going on in your area that you can cash in on? A little tip on this would be um, a useful approach when looking at opportunities is to look at your strengths and ask yourself whether these open up to any opportunities. Alternatively, uh, look at weaknesses and ask yourself whether you could uh, whether you could open up opportunities by eliminating them. And then lastly, we have threats. So <coughs> generally threats are things like what obstacles do you face? What are your competitors doing? Uh, are quality standards or specifications for your job, products or services changing? Uh, is technology changing, threatening your position? Do you have bad debt or cash flow problems? Uh, could any of your weaknesses seriously threaten your business? When looking at opportunities and threats, uh, the pest analysis um, can help you ensure that you don't look over external factors such as new government regulations or technology changes within your industry. That's just... Um, that's just one of the things that, that, that you can look at. Now, the, the, the pest analysis uh, is um, political factors to consider, P, economic factors to consider, E, sociocultural factors to consider, S, and technological factors to consider, T. Pest is something I might touch on in a future, uh, future podcast, but you can just Google pest analysis just to get more information on it. But overall, like that's kind of how you would implement it. Um, a SWOT analysis of your company to kind of best see where you are. And that is the podcast for this week. Uh, visit nmcrainer.com today. Throw a donation to the podcast and receive your first marketing consultation free. Uh, sign up for our pay-per-click management services and get a 150 euro voucher towards the cost of your your Google AdWords spend. Um, buy my book <laughs> uh, uh, Powerless um, it's also available through the website if you're in the US go to barnesandnoble.com and it's available there it's on Amazon, it's on Kindle it's um, everywhere it really should be <laughs> um, so that's everything for this week thank you and goodbye it's a-